You're listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio, inspiring ideas, inspiring families. Hello there, and welcome to Family Rules, the podcast. I'm your host, and hopefully your friend through the airwaves, Brooke Walker. So excited to bring you the conversations that ultimately we hope here at BYU Radio will strengthen your home, strengthen your family, and give you inspiring ideas. The idea behind the Family Rules TV show and now the podcast, which we're so excited to bring to you in expanded form, is simply that no family is perfect, but it seems every family has something to share. And through Through those family stories and experiences, we like to focus in on the kind of topics that will meet you where you're at. And by that, I mean it's so easy to talk about family and big sweeping themes, even parenting in these big, grandiose, pie-in-the-sky type ideas. We want to go where the rubber hits the road, so to speak, to borrow that cliche, and offer tools and solutions that you can implement today, actionable items that you can put into practice that we hope, again, will ultimately strengthen your home and family. I could be selfish and say today's topic is one that's near and dear to my heart personally, but the truth is the topic of music affects us all. I remember as a choir student in seventh or eighth grade, I first heard the ever profound statement that music is the universal language. I remember when I first heard that as a seventh grade choir student thinking, wow, that's profound. That's deep. Music is the universal language. Now, I know that's not a new phrase or a new idea, and you've likely heard that or experienced that, felt that in your heart, in your soul many times. But as I've I've put that phrase to the test over the years, visiting different areas of the country, even different countries, and you do see how music can cut through language barriers or differences and really reach the heart and reach the human spirit in a profound way. And that music doesn't have to sound the same in order to to have that effect. It can be loud. It can be bumping. I just dated myself by saying that word. It can be slow. It can be thoughtful. It can be spiritual. And still the emotional effect can hit us in a moving and meaningful way. How does music impact your family? And how does music hit your home? It's a question that I've been thinking as we go into the conversation today and we'll be talking with someone who is, is going to be able to give you a, a unique perspective, an expert opinion, if you will, on how we can harness the power of music, again, in a way that affects and hopefully improves our everyday life. Now, I'm going to immediately get my bias out in the open because our guest today is a woman who I love and admire and have for years. Her name is Tammy Van Dusen. I'll tell you a little bit about her professionally, and then if I may, if you'll indulge me, if I won't embarrass her too much, I'll maybe give some personal reflections as well. But Tammy Van Dusen is the music mama. How's that for a professional introduction? She began singing at a very young age, and after honing her performance skills, she studied theater and voice in both high school and college, spent many years on the stage herself performing, and then slid into what I will call her gifted role as teacher and coach. Her credits include vocal coaching for numerous musical productions, The List is Long, Pirates of Penzance, Phantom of the Opera, Disney's Tarzan, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, that list does go on. And it was Tammy's love of teaching music to children that eventually evolved into the creation of Tavasi School of Performing Arts. Now, I want you to do some quick math here. I'll I'll count on you to do that. But every year, Tammy welcomed more than 200 students into her vocal studio, and she taught for more than 25 years. So you can only imagine the number of students that she affected through her love of music as she shared that gift with them. She went on to expand 
and the program. She's now the president and director of Tavasi Incorporated. There are numerous Tavasi schools across the country, and she also owns and operates a nonprofit organization entitled the Elementary Music Program. It's a program currently used by many schools as as sort of a supplement to their music education in both the public and private school sector. Tammy herself has been a private vocal teacher for more than 25 years. She's married to Steve Van Dusen. They are the parents of four children. And here's my first fact check, Miss Tammy. The proud parents, grandparents of 19. Is that the total? That's correct. 19. And here's my personal gush. Tammy, as I said, is a dear friend, and she introduced me to music at a young age, and it's since become fixed in my soul and in my heart. I won't, I won't make Tammy take credit for how I sound when I sing, but I will give Tammy full credit for the love that she instilled in, in me when it comes to music and when it comes to the arts. And that's always been your goal, right, Tam? Just to help children appreciate and enjoy and en- envelop what music can be and what it can, what it can mean in our lives. You're, you're absolutely right, Brooke. The ultimate goal is that music will not only enhance us as people, but will have a a real effect on other people. Um, You know, we want individually to grow, but man, music is just exactly what you said. It's the universal language. And um, I love that you have embraced it. That person that you described as you were introducing me, um, I'd like to meet her someday. Oh, stop. (laughs) Stop it. But yeah, music is so powerful. Humans love it. Everybody loves music. And, you know, I was talking to my husband this morning and he said, he says, well, not everybody embraces music. I said, oh, yeah, they do, though. You you will never find a teenager that doesn't love to drive down the road and roll down the windows and sing at the top of their lungs, whether they can sing or not, you yeah. know, to the yeah. radio. So, yes, it is such a powerful tool. And I guess, you know, the thing that I would want to more get across today is that music is going to have an effect on you, whether you know it or not. Mm. It will have an effect on your family, whether you're really aware of it or not. And it has, it has made such a big dominant um, impression on my family and how my husband and I chose to raise our children. We met in a singing group. My husband and I met in a singing group, as you might remember. Yes. Yes. And so we have always loved music and had it in our home. I think one of the things that I would probably say that we did (laughs) somewhat well, or you know what what I, what you just said about families not being perfect. Well, mine isn't either, Hmm. but my kids have memories of music because this isn't, I mean, music has a great recall, right? Yeah. And you hear a song and even if the, if the song is happy and exciting, if you heard it in a moment in your life that was really hard and you were struggling, that memory will come back and that emotion will come back. It takes you right there. Right. Immediately you're, you're in that scene again. And so you need to make the memories with music in your home. Those memories need to be made and that takes effort. It takes effort because you need to find music. You need to study the music that your family is listening to. 
and then make some, you know, um, playlists, all that kind of stuff that we're, we're hopefully going to talk about yeah. a little bit as we go on. I want to get into these tools, and I've asked Tammy to identify a handful of tools that will help us use music as a force in our own homes. And I know you're going to share some some family examples of your own as, as we learn and explore these, these ideas. But first, take us back. Can you pinpoint a moment where music hit you as a young child? Or what was it about music that first sparked an interest or a love and a passion that grew into this awesome career and this awesome gift you've shared for so many years? It was my mother. My my mom was a dancer. She was a singer. And from a very young age, I remember music in my home. I don't ever remember it being silent. Quiet. We always had music going. And yeah. of course, ours was the LP era, but I would come home from playing or from school and there would always be music on and my mother loved it loud which is kind of an unusual Did thing she but really? she loved it loud oh, she loved it loud and she would put that on I'd walk in the in the room in the in from the um, outside and I would hear that booming music and she loved a good beat <laughs> so all of her music was really loud and but I will tell you that all of her music had really good text and lyrics Okay. And she liked a melody line, but she was a dancer and she would dance. And I remember dancing and just twirling. And, you know, I just remembered that emotion. And so, you know, it's just like we talked about when, when you hear one of those songs from, from my childhood, Yeah, I go back to when my mother and I were twirling. What's what's a song that takes you back to the twirl? All of the Tijuana Brass. I'm going to pretend like uh, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, they 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 played music with just all of the big band eras, oh, okay. and you know, I mean, we would dance and see, and you know, there was some there was some music that you know had more of an impact and more of a dance, um, fast rhythm than others. Some yeah. of them were yeah. slower, and those weren't my style. But back then, but um, yeah, it, it, the Tijuana Brass was a big deal hey, when I was there when they were young. So. so from a young age, those household moments really planted the seeds for you. Yeah, for sure. They they absolutely did. And, um, you know, I, I remember going with my girls. And can I just talk about this really quick? Yes, please. Of the emotion that brought up. We were at a Broadway musical. Um, and you remember this, Brooke. We were, uh, Newsies was part of your childhood. Oh, right? I love it. I yeah. want to sing right now. I know, right? <laughs> I and won't, so, but I want to. <laughs> Santa (laughs) there it is you know it's all of those and we it debuted back on Broadway and all of the girls decided we had to go back and so on the very first week that it opened we went back to see Newsies and we're sitting there on the front row and that that the orchestra started to play and um I looked down the aisle at my girls and here was Tara with just tears coming down her (laughs) cheeks and all of them were just, their faces were just so excited and that emotion because they had known that music and they had loved that music for so many years. When it started that overture, it was like, everything came back. They're, they're, they're listening to it in our family. They're singing at the top of their lungs. Everything came back. And that emotion that they had was such a great memory. Well, now again, we have another memory. Every time I hear that music, I, I see Broadway and I see my girls on that. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it evolved. 
lot of emotions. So that's as for we, sure. As we talk into, I love that story because it does paint that picture of just pure emotion and how it can take us back. I think, you know, as a parent, you you want your children to take away certain, maybe not things, but feelings from their time spent in your home. And the fact that music can help get us there quickly, that story illustrates that so perfectly. Talk to me more about the power of music. I mean, you say it can swing either direction. It can lift us up or on the flip side, music has that ability, unfortunately, to drag us in the wrong direction too. Yeah, anything that God has given as us as power, which is over, you know, the emotional um, aspect of our lives, it's going to have a reverse effect as well. And evil or... Um, bad music is out there. And so we just have to be really careful. I, I've i been in the music industry long enough and taught so many kids. And I have seen kids that have embraced some of the harder aspects of that I would call music because the statistics are out there and it can form major opinions as far as your morals are concerned. And so... Even if you don't understand the words, it goes into the subliminal mind and has a major effect on your decisions and choices that you make. I remember a a kid coming into my studio one time and he was wearing an advertising for this really tough um, rock band that was, you know, really a hard rock. Mm -hmm. And more than anything, there was two aspects. And I talked about this before that, you know, if you want to find good music, you've got to have good, good rhythms, good lyrics and good melody lines. And this one had a lot of hard rhythms, but the melody line I thought was horrible and the text was worse. Mm -hmm. But he was wearing this shirt. And I remember saying to him, why, why do you like that group? He said, well, I'm going to see him. And I said, why are you going and paying money to go see some mm-hmm. a group of, of people that really just don't have a whole lot of musical abilities. They might have a lot of draw, but you know, it's not for the for the good things. And yeah. and yeah. he laughed and he said, Yeah, you sound like my mom. And I said, Yeah, I'm sure I do. <laughs> but um anyway, he he just really he loved the atmosphere, he said. And I thought I I thought that was really interesting because that atmosphere was going to be really a hard atmosphere for me to be in. I've been at those. I've been at concerts. I've been um, in situations and venues that there just isn't a good feeling there. And so you have to be really careful as you decipher through your music lists, make sure that you know what those text is and and text is another word for lyrics, but make sure that you understand what it is going into your children's heads, what is is creating the environment in your home because it boy, it makes a difference. Even if it's something they can understand subliminally, their yeah. mind will grasp onto it. I think that's fascinating research. And, and we met a family in season two of Family Rules on BYU TV, the Malicios, and, and their whole point in, in music is not just to um, develop skills toward it, but to use it for service, which I thought was fantastic. But the mom, Melody, appropriate name, Melody Malicio, was adamant about any song that was sung in their car or their home, she would print out the lyrics and they would review them as a family, like paper copy in hand, word for word. And I know it's fun to joke, like you hear a song on the radio and you think it says one thing and you end up singing the wrong lyrics for the rest of your life and that's funny and good. But you believe that too, that the lyrics matter, even if we don't quite know what we're singing or quite know what that artist is saying, those lyrics, what I'm hearing you say, they permeate our minds and even our subliminal minds as well. For sure. Um, they've done studies galore. And of course, 
because of the internet age that we live in, you can find them. Yeah. Um, I remember a study when I was quite young that came out about a horrible movie that was out. Um, can I tell you the name yeah, of please, that movie? No. Um, it was called Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Yeah. And um, it was a really, it was about Satan and, and all of the stuff that goes with that. Yeah. Really yeah. dark things. There were some scenes in that movie that they did as a, as kind of a, uh, experiment, if you will, with people. And they brought them in and right in the middle of it, they flashed this horrible, grotesque scene that was just awful. Mm -hmm. And um, as people left the theater, they asked them if they had seen it. Because you know how in movies and theater, I mean, you can just do a small frame of it. Right, right. And it went past most of them. They They kind of got divided into three groups. One, the first group said... Oh yeah, I saw that movie. Uh, that that I saw it. They kind of went, "Oh yeah." Uh-huh. The second group went, "Oh, I think I might have seen it." The other one said, "I didn't see it at all." Hmm. The ones that didn't see it at all came out throwing up. They had a physical reaction to what they yeah. supposedly didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it does so, affect us. Yeah it, yeah, it can affect us physically, but the thing that scares me the most is what this these lyrics do to your subliminal mind. They seriously can have a big impact on your character and your moral decisions, and you don't even realize it. You mm. just don't even realize it, and that's the frightening part. So now I'll ask you to maybe split the hat that you're wearing between mother and I know disciple of, of, of Jesus Christ and also music teacher. What do I do, Tammy, if my child is one of those drawn to the harder themes or the harder lyrics, or I see them internalizing this music message that doesn't line up with who I hope my child will be or what I hope they will embody as their own value system? Do I counter-program? Do I just play my music when I can? Or is there a way in to crack that open in in a way that will be more positive? You know, initially, how we just kind of talked about the fact that you need to give music memories to your kids. Hmm. I think it starts really young, Brooke. I... I'm an advocate of music in the home that you choose from the very, very minute those children are born, even in the, the in the womb that has been proven that music impacts. And, and you hear those studies and here I sit with baby in womb and you think, <laughs> is that woo-woo or does that really translate? But you be, you believe the power of even that pre, pre-birth. Absolutely. They'll recognize the mother's voice. They'll recognize rhythm. I mean, you think about the the heartbeat that goes on in their head. They, they yeah. begin at life with hearing rhythm. So it's pretty profound that music has an impact. And we know that it does. The stats are out there. But so... My encouragement would be to, we'll, we'll talk about this in two, two facets. First of all, create the music memories at home. Okay. Make sure that you are putting music in front of them that you know is good. Get that music playlist out and, and make sure that you you get a lot of it. And get can a I interject lot of stuff. even sure. if I'm not musical? I mean, I think a lot of parents may be listening to this and saying, I'm not, I'm not the singer. I'm not the dancer like your mom was. Can I still gift my child what you're talking about those memories of music even though I myself am not the musical kinds absolutely you think about what part of our worship is we always have music there's always going to be hymns there's always going to be um, 
Spotify and uh, Apple Music. I, I mean, it's available, right? Yeah, For yeah. everybody. You don't have to be musical to really f- search out and find the best stuff. Okay. You, you, there's no way that that, that in should inhibit it, it, inhibit anybody from from finding some of the best stuff out here. Yes, I'm. I love classical music, but I also love Broadway, and I also like pop music, and I like I liked the Beatles, and I like you know I I I like all of that. Now I like you're lots talking. of genres. Yes, yes. Like, so we them. seek and it out. We give our children those strong music memories, and we're consciously seeking out the good from kind. the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. From the very beginning. Now, as you go, there's a couple of things that I would really warn against. I would suggest that any family that has music going on in their home would never, ever have different lists for different kids. Now, that's hard to say, but I see these families that are driving down the road and they've all got earbuds in. Mm. And those kids are listening to different music than parents are on the road. Mm. And I just think that that's a mistake. I think if it's good enough for everybody, it's good enough for, you know, good enough for one, it's good enough for everybody. And it's a really, if you, if those kids are listening to the music that you don't know what's on there, I mean, honestly, they can listen to anything they want. And that's a scary thing. I would be well aware of what they are, what are on their playlists and what they're playing. And I would have a strict rule for, for the music that goes on to their iPods and the, and the music that they are allowed to listen to. Um, Yeah. When they get older, they're going to have to make decisions of their own. And I think that's such a fantastic idea to, to print out music text and, to look it over and to talk about it. Communication is a huge thing when it comes to music. And if you don't communicate with your children, they'll communicate with other people and they'll find music that other people like. So make it so that, you know, don't be closed-minded as parents. Open your heart up to anything that they want to listen to and look at it as a family and then decide together, is this a good thing that we want in our home? Well, and that goes both ways. If they're not comfortable listening to it in front of you, that speaks volumes too, right? No pun intended. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you yeah, talked right. about music as a form of worship, which is a really lovely, I think, facet to explore in this topic. And in your home, I know there was a specific playlist as we talk about playlists. Mm-hmm. There was a designated playlist for that Sabbath day, that Sunday worship day for your family. Talk to me a little bit about that. The kids knew, well, we always have music going on in our house, but um, if the kids forgot it was Sunday when they woke up that they would hear it because there was always the spiritual music going on. My husband is an advocate for music and how it enhances the spirit in a home and it can either destroy it or it can (laughs) enhance it. So again, choices, right? Of good stuff. But yeah, we always had a Sunday music list going on, even when the kids were young um, and Spotify wasn't available. We still had the cassette tapes that we would buy a ton of. We just any any good artist that came out instrumental is fantastic because then you don't have something going on that if you want to have a conversation that is problematic. So instrumental is great. I love violins. And I think Jenny Oaks Baker is probably one of my very favorite um, artists that we listen to. Why do you like um, her music in particular? Because the violin imitates the voice. I think that's probably, you know, they're the closest instrument to the voice. And um, so you can listen to that for hours without any text. And especially if you're familiar with the songs that she's playing, then those texts will run right through your head. It's interesting you say instrumental too, because 
you know, I like to belt it out like the next person, but an instrumental track does take you to a different place. Like you feel almost more than you hear, it seems. It's almost like your brain's forced to fill in the gaps on what you're not hearing lyric-wise. And your mm-hmm. heart's, I'm getting all mushy here, but your heart feels a little more yeah. open. It, it would seem to the, to, the, to the melody and to the music itself. So instrumental, you think, has a powerful place. Oh, for sure. Let me give you a really fast example. Yes. When we were little, I'm a piano player. And when we were little, my sister and I would argue and fight. Um, We were 18 months apart. And so there was, you know, I mean, we had competitions going on and we would just argue. Anyway, my mother, whenever she heard something escalate to the point where she felt like it was going to be a problem, she would say, go to the piano. And we knew what that meant. And so then we would have to, I would play and Terry and I would both have to sing the song, There is Beauty All Around When There's Love at Home. (laughs) Well, so. It's better than standing with your nose in the corner, (laughs) I guess. I would, I would play that. that, That's true too. I would play the piano and sometimes I would just pound those keys. And so we'd go through the first verse and then my mother would say, well, I guess, you know, you need to do that one again and play it nicely this time. And we would play that uh, sometimes just, I mean, several times before it would pass her inspection or at least her volume anyway but I now I can hear that instrumental music of somebody playing it beautifully and I get this feeling of Oh, <laughs> I still have a hard time singing that song in church. And so, you know, I mean, it can work both ways, sure, right? Sure. It's the recall. It's yeah. the recall yeah. of that memory. So, but yeah, the instrumental music is my favorite playlist for, um, for Sunday worship. So if you're sitting by Tammy in the pew at church and hives break out <laughs> down her neck, you'll know it's nothing to be worried about. It's just that memory yeah. music recall. Yeah. We talked about the power of the playlist, a Sunday playlist or a family playlist. In fact, you refer to a certain kind of playlist as your family's musical first aid kit. I'm so intrigued by this. Teach us, <laughs> teach us. The first aid kit is more than, it it really has very few Sunday playlists. I mean, it has some. Um, One of them is Jenny Oaks, on my first aid playlist is Jenny Oaks Baker's P.A. Yesu. Okay, so that is a beautiful piece that she plays. It can pull, if I'm having a hard time, if I'm going into some sort of a depression (laughs) for a day. Yeah. I put that in and the everything starts to align in my head. It it puts everything into place. It calms my soul. It calms the the environment that I'm in and I can think more clearly. So everybody needs to have their own playlist of first aid that will put that ointment on your soul to be able to just soothe you and to calm you and to make you to think more carefully about what you're acting and not reacting. So we have a first aid playlist individually and we do as a family that we just start playing if we feel like that's necessary or even needed needed and or wanted because there's a lot of great music on our face first aid playlist. Um, it can make us happy. It can make us feel melancholy. There's just a lot of different songs you on that. You say it's not and all it's, spiritual then? What else is on the family oh first no. aid playlist? Um, we have we have some good old Neil Diamond on there. Yes, Caroline. <laughs> I'm here for yes. it. Yes. 
to sweet Caroline. And, <laughs> and in fact, um, we were, I'll just tell you quick, can I give you another I love it, a, a, yes. example? Okay. We were down um, at one of our children. I won't name who, but we, because it will, it, if they listen to this, they'll be really mortified. But <laughs> we were down at their, at their, their my child's house and they happened to have a, a bunch of teenagers in that house. And um, the arguments were kind of starting and they were escalating a little <laughs> bit, and, uh, you know, coming to a level where you really don't want them to as parents. Yeah. And, um, and I heard my child go over and tell Alexa to play Sweet Caroline. Mm. Well, that's one that's on our family's first aid kit playlist. And um, when he... Um, when these teenagers started to hear this, they kind of just, you know, started humming along and, and pretty soon within a few minutes, the whole family was standing up going so good, so good, so good. (laughs) And it, you know, it just diffused a situation that was starting to get out of hand. And all of a sudden we were all united in a cause and joining in with Neil Diamond singing Sweet Caroline. It only took Mr. Diamond to diffuse the teenage tension in the home. That's right. I love and that. he has a few that are really good like that on our playlist. I love that. I love the words that you use to describe what music can be an ointment for our family or a power for good or for bad. Tammy, in conclusion, can I ask you to tap into your spirituality, even your testimony when it comes to this power of music? Do you feel or how do you feel? How have you come, how have you come to learn that God uses music, not just as a gift, but as a tool. You know, when I was young, I went to a a youth conference and I was probably about 14 years old. I remember sitting on the very back row, um, pretty engaged with friends and, you know, whatnot at that age, like we all are. And I remember hearing the introduction of a song called Praise to the Man Who Communed with Jehovah. And we began to sing. And what happened on that fourth verse, I will never forget. We all stood and we were singing the first, second, and third. And then we got to the lyrics that said, Sacrifice brings forth the blessings of heaven. Earth must atone for the blood of that man. Wake up the world for the conflict of justice. Millions shall know Brother Joseph again. This was the part that was just seared into my soul and were the beginnings of a testimony. It was the beginning of understanding how the Holy Ghost manifests truth as my whole body was just chilling. And I remember that wave of emotion that I began to know that Joseph Smith was the prophet of this dispensation that heads Jesus Christ Church. Well, I'll end with an amen, and I really appreciate that testimony and that perspective, and also on on a lighthearted note, the tangible the tangible ideas and solutions for ways we can use that power, use that godly gift for good, for a force of good in our home. Tammy, a pleasure, a pleasure as always. I'm really grateful you would carve out some time and share your passion and your love for music with the rest of us. Thank you so much, my friend. Always a pleasure, Brooke. Thanks for the invitation. Now that we are all charged up and motivated to fire up a more purposeful playlist in our home, I love that advice shared by musical expert Tammy Van Dusen on how we can use music to change the vibe, invite the spirit into our home, and do so purposely as parents. 
If you liked this conversation, we invite you to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening to Family Rules, the podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Walker. We'll see you next time. Family Rules, the podcast is a production of BYU Broadcasting.